And I just want to start out this morning by um, sharing a couple of really wise, very profound I don't know, statements, I'm going to say, from the comedian John Christ, who has coined the phrase, check your heart. In a hilarious way to show us well-meaning Christians that our hearts aren't always in the right place. I actually tried to find a video, but it just wasn't appropriate enough to show in church. But here are some that I can share, and I want you to really think about and check your heart about. The first one is this. You're at McDonald's and you buy an extra value meal and an apple pie, but can't donate a dollar to charity? Check your heart. Have you guys not heard any of these? You're at Chipotle and order a water, but then fill it with Sprite. I think there's some guilt in the room right now. Check your heart. You open your car door and ding the car next to you and don't leave a note. Check your heart. I have to say this. I was at Michael's one day, and I saw this kid get out and just boomed. I mean, not just a little... How many have dinged a car? Come on, raise your hand. Every one of us has probably opened the door. This was a big ding, and the dad got it said, get back in, and they drove away. Check your heart, people. You see it. This one's hilarious. You see a meme that is inappropriate to forward on social media, so you screenshot it and send it to your friends instead. How many have done that? Don't raise your hands. Don't, Lisa, don't raise your hand. I have to say, I have a nephew that can be very inappropriate, but he finds some of the funniest memes, but it's like, I can't share that. They're hilarious, but you just can't share that. This is for Dieter. You skip church, or you check your NFL app to watch football. Check your heart. Check your heart. So obviously, he says those so much funnier than I do because he's a comedian. But you see, our hearts have the capacity to be truly amazing. Our hearts have the capacity to be truly amazing. Or they have the capacity to be absolutely disgusting. And we all know that. Our hearts can be full of love or they can be full of hate. Our hearts can be full of the past or filled with the hope of the future. Our hearts can be full of Christ or our hearts can be filled with the things of this world. So I just want to ask you today, how is your heart today? Scripture is full of verses about matters of the heart. I couldn't even begin to ex express to you how many there are about the heart. But here's a few um, from Matthew 12, 34. It says, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of what is in your heart, it's going to come out. The mouth is going to speak, whether you want it to or not. Have you ever been there? Where you're like in a moment or in pressure, upset, and you say something that's like, holy cow, where was that? Where did that come from? It was in there. It was in there. Out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who could know it? Did you know that? Your heart is deceitful and wicked? You wicked people this morning. 
Our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, and who can know it? Psalm 73, 26 says this, My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. At times our hearts fail. At times our hearts fail to move us in the right direction. At times our hearts fail to lead us in the direction that God would have us to go. At times our hearts fail. Matthew 6, 21 says this, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I want you to just take a moment. And after those just four verses, think about how's my heart today? What's coming out of the abundance of that heart? Knowing that our hearts are deceitful, what are people seeing? What are your children seeing? What are your grandchildren seeing? What are your coworkers seeing? And if our heart fails us, then what should we be depending on? If our heart fails us, what should we be depending on? And the last one is that is, where is your treasure? If you were to open a treasure box, our little granddaughter has a little box that she's like, it's treasure. It's full of treasures. And it's just all her little toys that she loves. What are those things that you're treasuring in your heart? What's in there? See, our hearts can be so messy. They can accumulate everything that's happened to us from the past, from what's going on right now, and even thinking about what's coming in the future. Our hearts can get all messy with that. Every action that we have done or every action that's been done against us filters through our heart. Every word spoken gets filtered through our heart. Every thought gets filtered through our heart. So if you just think about that a moment, things that people have said, things that people have done, thoughts that you've had, can you see how messy and how ugly and how wicked and how gross our hearts can get? The problem is what's in our hearts will at some point be revealed. And that's as Christians, we do this really well because we fake it. We have this ugly, messy, gross heart, but we fake it. Most of us didn't put on our best today if you're wearing flannel, but a lot of times we put on our best. We put on the face. We only show the best on social media and get that church. Only the best hits social media for the most part. Instagram, it's your best picture. Facebook, it's your best day for most of us. We only show our best. We put on that face. We put on that facade. We put on that smile. We put on that air about us. We walk into church every Sunday with this heart full of yuck. But yeah, we look okay on the outside, and we present ourselves, and we try to speak. But when pressure comes, again, what's in the heart will come out. Or the other thing we may do as Christians is we just plain avoid it. We wall off that heart, and no one is getting in. No one's getting past that gate. No one is allowed in. We pretend those feelings and those hurts aren't there. And we lock them down tighter than Fort Knox. Do you know what Fort Knox is? 
I'll admit I can be that person that I want to protect that heart. If you've been hurt, you tend to want to do this. You want to protect that heart from getting hurt again, and you lock it up tight. But again, the truth is our heart contents will eventually be revealed. We're going to watch a movie clip in a moment. I love this movie. And there's so many fun things in this movie, so many great quotes in this movie. Um, But this movie is about Melanie Smooter Carmichael. Her real name is Melanie Smooter. But in the movie, we find her in the beginning. She's an up-and-coming designer in New York City, and she's going by Melanie Carmichael, which the Carmichael Plantation was a very ritzy plantation in her hometown. She was being something she wasn't. She was dating the mayor's son, and she becomes engaged, but there's one big problem. She's still married to Jake, her high school sweetheart. I know this movie, people. She's still married to Jake. So she very quickly, and without her new fiancé, Andrew says, oh, i got to go see the fam. I haven't been back in seven years, but I've got to get back there. And she goes back to her little town, which is called Pigeon Creek, Alabama, to finalize her divorce. And this is what happens. She encounters all the people of her past. All the people in her past. And it comes down to this pivotal moment. Roll the clip. Stop it. Mama ain't happy. You see, when she went back, she finally got Jake to sign the papers. And she mailed them to her attorney. And on the day of their wedding, Andrew and Melanie's wedding, I love it because the little attorney, he's little, and he's like, Mrs. Carmichael, Mrs. Carmichael. And she's running, and the guards tackle him. And she's like, let him up, let him up. See, she had forgotten she didn't sign the papers. So she was still married on the day of her wedding.
See, Melanie had her heart full of many things. She had her heart full. She had a whole new life in New York. But in her short amount of time back in her hometown, she was able to walk through her heart. And as she encountered her family, her friends, and even her husband, she discovered what was most important. And she realized who her heart really belonged to. And she says this phrase, I gave my heart away a long time ago, my whole heart. And I never really got it back. You see, we get so confused in this world, and even as Christians. We get confused by all the things that have happened to us. We get confused at all the things that the world is pouring into us. And we can miss who our true love is. We can miss who our true love is. I want to show you this. If this is our life that's contained in this jar, there's so many things. There's this little thing. I don't even know if you can see it from back there. But it could be little things that can begin to cover up our heart. Or it can become big, shiny things that begin to cover up our heart. But after a while, if we're not careful, all the things that we either bring into our life or that we allow the world to bring into our life begins to cover up our true love. And just like Melanie found, she had started a whole new life without all of those people. She started a whole new life apart from from her family and her husband. All of these things begin to cloud her true love. And we do the same thing. Family, kids, work, our own aspirations, sin. The Bible says sin is good for a time, but it eventually clouds our heart. But this is what I want you to know. This is what I want you to do today, is to begin to dig through your life. Dig through your life. You know what? Some of these things might not be bad. Here's a black one. It must be bad. That's bad. Get all the black out. But then you have things that are perfect. But what we have to do is think about all the things that can get into our heart, cloud our judgment, and make us forget who has our heart. That's what happened to her. She moved away, and she forgot everybody that she loved. There's another scene in there that her friends say, you know what, Melanie, we loved you too. We forget. We get clouded. And down here at the bottom, if we'll really truly do this in our heart, we'll see that there's our heart. Church, I'm telling you this morning, there is nothing in this world that will compare to the love of Jesus Christ. Family, children, work, hobbies, all of this stuff 
your past, nothing compares to the love of Jesus Christ. But when we let it, we can stick our heart back in here and just pour all these things back on and clutter our heart again. And we'll miss Jesus. We'll miss our true happiness. We'll miss our true calling. See, this is what is so amazing that there's a scripture that says this in Ecclesiastes 3. Let me find it. 3.11. He says, He has made, God has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts. See, from the very foundation, from the very beginning, God placed eternity in our hearts. So in our hearts, there's a part of God. You just may need to find it again. You just may need to clear out all the mess again. But he's put eternity in our hearts. Our hearts long for heaven. You just may not know that because it gets messy with this worldly stuff. But he's put eternity in our hearts. And I love this scripture. Ephesians 1 and 4 says, Just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Our God loved us so much that before the foundations of the earth, before he even said, let there be light, let there be land, let there be hills, let, before he started any of that, we had love in our hearts. He knew you. And he knows right where you are today. He knows how messy your heart is. He knows where you're faking it. He knows where you've walled off that heart before the foundations of the earth were formed. He knew you. He chose you. When we get everything else out of the way, we will remember our true love is Christ. I'm going to say that again. When we get everything out of the way, we will remember our true love is Christ. You may have a spouse this morning. You may have children this morning. You may have lots of family around you. None of them should be ahead of Christ in your heart. He should be first place. And until we get that right, until we get that first love right, we're going to be kind of a mess in our lives. See, our hearts and lives belong to Christ. We are his. Our true love is Christ. But see, this is what happens as, as a tug of war begins to happen. As we try to live a world life and a God life, a tug of war starts to happen. And Melanie even says this in the movie. She goes, I love my life in New York, but this feels so right. I love the life I've created. But then she goes back to her roots. She goes back to her true love. She goes, but this feels right too. See, that's the ploy of the enemy is he wants us to love this world so much that we forget about our true love. He wants us to love what we're doing so much that we're not doing what our God wants us to do. He wants us to have this mess that just consumes us. 
because then we won't be who he wants us to be. And this tug of war is going on. I love New York, but I like this life too. And I don't know about you, but I've had tug of wars in my life where I've had to say, you know what, I may like this. I may like this sin. I may like this time in my life, but is it glorifying to God? Is it what God wants me to do? I'm telling you, church, we got to check our hearts. we got to check our hearts today. Because we have a God that is jealous for us. We have a God that loves us so much and wants the best for us. But if we're living this life, if we're living amongst this mess, if our heart is stuck in all this garbage, we'll never live the life that God intended us to live. And how sad is that? You know, Melanie could have went along with that divorce and went and married Andrew. I don't know what kind of a life she would have had, but she was hiding behind a lot of things. And when you start out having to hide and lie, you have to keep that going. That's hard. That's a lot of balancing that has to happen. But at that moment that we watched, she realized who her heart really belonged to. And for us, that tug of war that we have to figure out today is, are we going to follow Jesus with our whole hearts? That's what the scripture says. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Or are we going to love the world? Are we going to play in the world? Are we going to dabble in the world? Yes, we live in this world, but we're not supposed to be of this world. So are we going to follow Jesus, or are we going to follow the world? Are we going to do it God's way? We have scripture after scripture that tells us how to live God's way. And it's a choice that we have to make. Am I going to live God's way, or is it going to be Melissa's way? Melissa's way may get me somewhere, but in the end, it's not going to be where I want it to be. It's not going to be the fullness that I could be at if I did it God's way. Are we going to listen to his thoughts? Are we going to listen to our thoughts? Are we going to do what God says? Are we going to do what we want? Are you going to believe who God says you are today? Church, you are loved. You are loved by a great God. You are loved by the creator of the universe. And I love when the songs fit so well with the message because you know what? Our great God, our good God, calls us his children. You are his child, no matter what you've done, no matter what the past. But we got to choose his way in order to reap the benefits, in order to reap what he wants us to to have. This war will continue until we surrender fully to him. You can't stand in the middle and have this tug of war going on. And that's where a lot of us are. We want this, but we want this. We want this, but we want this. This is that, that mess. You will not have peace You will not truly know love until you surrender. 
and you surrender everything to Christ. And at that point, when she had to sign that paper, she realized as she set that pen down, I surrender it. And she went back to her old family. But if you haven't seen the movie, I just want to tell you this. And I believe God does this in some of our areas. See, she said, I love New York, but I love my old life too. I love where I'm at too. She stays with Jake. And she still has a life in New York, a life with Jake. And at the end of the movie, they have a cute little blondie. See, you know what? When we make the right choice for God, he's going to give us the desires of our heart when we're serving him, when we're following him, when we're fully committed to him. So I don't want you to think, God's going to take everything good away from me. No, he's not. He's going to make your life better if you'll follow him. He's not going to just make you sit in a room and read your Bible all day. No, he has a great life plan for you if you'll surrender it to him, if you'll surrender your heart back to him. So church, this morning, you're going to get out of here early and go catch a game. (laughs) NFL apps are going to be pulling up in just a minute. But I truly, with the from the bottom of my heart, pray that you will take a moment and check your heart. Yes, we're we're using a movie to illustrate our points today. But I just want to remind you, God has placed eternity in your heart. He has loved you from the foundations of the earth. You're his child. You're his beloved. And he desires so much to have all of your heart. Will you stand with me this morning? Father God, we just love you. God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your word that speaks truth to us, even when we don't want to hear it. God, I thank you that you love us, even in the midst of our garbage even in the midst of our chaos, even in the midst of our mess, you love us and you're always calling for us. You're always calling us out of that. But God, today, I just pray that each one of us would take a moment and search our hearts. Where does our commitment lie? God, does it, is our commitment with you? Are we fully surrendered? Are we fully vested in you? Or God, are we in the middle playing both sides? And this tug of war is happening in our lives, Lord. Or God, maybe for some of us, we don't even know you. We've not accepted you and we want nothing from you. God, I pray today that your Holy Spirit would reveal to each one of us where we're at, what's in our hearts. God, reveal to us how much you love us and want the best for us and have a plan, a perfect plan for us 
But God, I truly just want to take a moment and pray for those that are in this tug of war. God, I pray that they would just drop that rope, stop pulling, and run to you, Lord. Run to your forgiveness, run to your love, run to your acceptance. God, just check our hearts this morning. Give us courage to choose you. Give us courage to surrender all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you this morning. Have a great afternoon. Get into a life group tonight. Have a great day. Where your blood was spilled for my rest.